0: Alright, live, welcome back to the Pod. I'm your host, Nico Blatchman, and sitting in front of me is this year's USHL Player of the Year, captain of the Dubuque Fighting Saints, number 22, Reese Gaber. Welcome to the pod.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Nico. I appreciate it.
0: You're from, uh, you're from Gilbert Plains, Manitoba. Uh, you ended up playing the United States Hockey League. So you've got an interesting journey. Um, I'm pretty sure over there in Manitoba, you're surrounded by uh, Western Hockey League teams. Um, we'll get into that decision later. Talk about growing up in, uh, in Manitoba. I'm guessing hockey's pretty big there and a uh, big part of your childhood, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a big part of my childhood. Uh, my dad played, um, so he kind of got me me into it and uh there's basically a, a rink in every every small community my town's only about 700 people but um it's pretty much all farmland and everything here and uh, i live here out on a farm and um yeah there's a rink in our town that's where i grew up playing minor hockey and i um, just kind of yeah that was kind of all i did in the winter
0: western boys are farm boys boys.
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. It's uh... a muck
0: and grind. But you're uh, talk a bit about your game because you're not. I mean, maybe you are a bit of a mucking grind. But you're five foot eight, hundred fifty pounds, according to Elite Prospects. Actually, just got off the phone with your teammate Mark Chiramita, who would like to contest that, and actually says that you're even shorter than five eight. And uh, even being that small, you were able to be uh, the USHL Player of the Year, most goals in the league. I mean, you really tore that league up, and that's a hard league to tear up. One of the best leagues in the world pretty much. So can you talk about your game a bit and uh, the way you play?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm kind of a versatile player. Um, obviously I've always grown up kind of being a skilled player and, um, but I think that I kind of have an edge to me. Um, I always play a little chip on my shoulder. I like to play physical. That's, I guess, kind of one thing that uh, guys wouldn't expect from me just being smaller, but um, I don't know. I like to, I like to play, Play physical and kind of get in the corners and, and muck around. So, um, yeah, I can kind of really play any role. It's kind of, yeah. okay. of me, I, guess.
0: I think that's something that has to do with you being a Western boy growing up on the farm. Like, you got all the skill, clearly, to, to, to light that league up. But then you also like to add that grit to your game, which I think is, is huge. But I think it's a big part of growing up in the Western uh, part of Canada. But talk about growing up there. Like, you played Bantam AAA for the Parkland Rangers, uh, 32 games. 11 goals, 13 assists for 24 points. Um, And then the year after, uh, Parkland Rangers, I think it was uh, minor midget or midget, uh, 34 games, four goals, seven assists for 11 points in 34 games. So not the best, not that great. But then the year after, you go back to Parkland Rangers, midget, AAA, and you get 61 points in 44 games. So that's like you just... I mean, man, you went 50 points plus in the season. Can you talk about like that year and uh, what changed that year or maybe that off season prior that you just, you just really like torched your league?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, obviously I was kind of a late bloomer. Um, so that first year was my, my Bantam triple A year where I put up 24 points. That was, uh, that was actually my draft year to the, to the Western league and, um, I was a really smaller guy and, uh, See, so, yeah, I didn't get drafted or anything and um, didn't get much opportunity that season. We kind of, we had a really stacked team. Um, then the next year, uh, I, I barely made that midget team. Uh, got scratched about 10 games that year, I think, and uh, it was an up and down season. But um, then the next year, we lost a lot of guys. We were also a really good team that year. So, coming back the next year, I had a lot of opportunity and uh, I was kind of started off just um, hoping, I was aiming for about, I remember aiming for about 30 points that season because Obviously, 11 wasn't that great the season before. So um, I ended up kind of being one of the guys that we relied on and, and just kind of took off and, and got my confidence back. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where where I kind of obviously was a late bloomer, but found my game again, I guess, so to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean you, about, like, you talked about being playing midget hockey. Not a lot of people experienced that. I must have been an organization that was really stacked and run like a junior hockey program. But can you talk about, like, just, like, how shitty that is like maybe what you were thinking back then and then like to come back the following year aim for 30 and get 61 um and um not just that but you finished year in junior hockey you got to play um eight games after that season in junior a with the dolphin Kings. so can you talk about like the just the turnaround man like you're sitting there the year before like i mean dude i've been out of the lineup you know a lot of times so i know how how tough it is and then but now all of a sudden, the next year, like boom, you're a go-to guy. Like how 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 bad did that feel? But then how good did that feel? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think at the time, um, I knew coming into that season, I'd be kind of a, a borderline guy to make it, um, and I debated on going. To, even if I if I got cut, I was gonna go play high school hockey here, um, which isn't very good. But um, yeah, I was kind of planning for that and ended up making the team, being one of the last guys and Uh, made the decision to stay there and and just kind of learn and um, grow through the experience and I think if I look back it's probably a good thing that at that point in my career is a time when I'm in the lineup not later on so I guess it's something that it's good to learn when you're younger just kind of how to go through that and um, and to handle it professionally I guess so uh, yeah I think it was obviously tough and it sucks but uh, knowing I was kind of one of the youngest guys and we had a bunch of um, a bunch of top-end guys, I think it's uh, pretty important to, to go through that process.
0: Yeah, definitely. Going through that at a young age, like, that's a really young age to go through it. Not only that, but then you, you stayed there, went back to the same – you know, a lot of guys would have been like, you know, like, fuck this coach or whoever that was or like, you know – fuck this organization and just move on. But you stayed there. You held your ground. You went back next year. You lit it up. You finish your year playing junior A for the Dolphin Kings. I don't know if you ever heard of Bar- Baron Thompson. He came on the pod a while ago. Yeah. He played a couple games with the – or he he actually finished his season with the Dolphin Kings. He was an assistant captain there. Uh, kind of lit that up. Um, but can you talk about just like finishing your year, lighting it up? With, like you talked about doubling the points that you expected or wanted to get even – and then um, you get, you finish your, your year junior A you play eight games, two goals, one apple for three points. Um, talk about that whole experience, like your first taste of junior, and then what it did for you going into the next summer.
1: Yeah, I think that was huge. Um, so Dolphin is, Gilbert Plains is like 15 minutes away from Dauphin. Um, so I went to high school in Dauphin. Um, it's kind of, um, obviously, sort of my hometown. So um yeah I, I grew up idolizing the Dolphin Kings my whole life as a kid I'd go to every single one of their games as a kid they they were always a powerhouse every year so um, my goal is to always kind of play for them and uh they ended up drafting me um my year when I didn't get picked in the Western League and uh yeah I, I guess after having that good season I remember the day I got called up and I was set to make my um MJ debut in Dolphin and uh, yeah, I remember Clear's clear as day. It was a pretty cool feeling, just because that's the team I grew up idolizing and everything. So um, I got put in a really good position there. They weren't very good that year, um, but we—I uh, came in right away and and played with some top end guys on on the team and made the made the kind of transition pretty easy and it was good.
0: Yeah, the following year, you come back for uh, twenty sixteen seventeen. Um, For the Dolphin Kings, you played 42 games, had 13 goals and 19 assists for for 32 points. You made the MJHL all-rookie team. So that's a pretty nice first junior season. Um, Not a lot of guys get a ton of opportunity their first junior season. You talked about how you did. Um, Can you talk about, like, I mean, maybe you're just talking about before, like after your last year. But can you talk about your first junior year and just, like, going in there and really being a part of the team? Because clearly you were... Um, ten points under a PPG. Um, did you miss a couple games that year because you only played forty two or is that uh, is that the normal amount of games?
1: Yeah, uh, we actually played sixty in a season, and uh, I missed I think I missed eight games um, with like or eight or twelve games with like concussions, and then uh, I missed, I think six or seven with whatever the remaining. I missed a few going to that uh, play in the world Junior A challenge with team Canada West. Um, so that was the reason for missing those games, but, um, yeah, no, that, that was an awesome year. Um, obviously it was kind of the start of my junior career and we, we had a tough, we didn't have a really good team that year. Um, so coming in young, I was kind of already one of the guys that we were going to be relied on for offense. Um, so yeah, I think I had a pretty solid season and that's kind of when things started picking up. Uh, for me, I had a chance to sign in the Western league, I actually got listed, um, by the Wheat Kings there in Brandon. Um, but decide not to sign. Um, so yeah, I figured that's when I started talking to, talking to schools and, um, yeah, that was the kind of start of it.
0: Hey, you, you're playing for Canada. I actually wanted to get into that because, um, was that the same, was that the year after, was that, that, was that that rookie year that you talked about?
1: Yeah, I played two years actually. Uh, both my years in the MJ, I played for that team. So.
0: so, so, can you talk about like that team? Like, what is that team? Like, what are the players that make up that team?
1: Yeah, so they have a through the four um, leagues in Western Canada for junior A leagues, they have a they name a selection camp of like sixty players, and they have the camp and then make the team from there. Um, then you go to play in a five or six team tournament um, with a USHL team. Um, there's the Czech, Switzerland, um, anyway, so yeah, that, that was a really cool experience. That kind of making that team my first year really helped me, um, I guess kind of with exposure. Um, and it's pretty cool that year, our captain was Kale McCarr. Um, so that was pretty oh, unbelievable wow. actually getting to play with him. I've, I've never seen somebody that good at hockey. Like, it's stupid how good he is. Um, I remember our, our first game of the tournament, he set the tournament record. He had five points our first game. He just made everything look so easy. It was incredible. But, um, yeah, we had some pretty special players on that team. And uh, another one being Jordan Kawaguchi, who's uh, who was a Hobie Baker finalist this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. He's
0: playing for North Dakota, isn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah, he is. So
0: Yeah, and you uh, can you talk a bit about your commitment to North Dakota? I mean, North Dakota is a big-time Division One school. You are from – Manitoba, which is pretty much the North Pole, like who knows who you are, right? Like, pretty much only Western Hockey League territory and then you obviously mentioned playing for um, that 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 Western Team Canada and uh, getting exposure and uh, is that kind of where you think you got the exposure to the USHL and then to turn it over to, 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 to the United States and, and NCAA and all that?
1: Yeah, I know there's always uh, USHL teams kind of watching the the Western Canada leagues for just to kind of pick the top guys out of there. And um, I'd say my first exposure was kind of playing in the MJHL my first year. I kind of um, obviously I had some success. So that helped, but I think I really solidified myself when I kind of went to um, the world junior A challenge there. And that was kind of when teams um, started picking up. And I think, I think that's the first time Dubuque watched me actually. Um, and yeah, I guess the rest is kind of history there. So
0: yeah. Um- you both. Yeah. Back to Dolphin for 2017-18. You played 27 games before you traded to Stein Steinback Pistons. What a name. Um, where you put up 27 points in 24 games over a point per game and you added 10 points in 15 playoff games while winning the championship of the MJHL. Um, that same year you went on, you played for Team Canada West and, and you won that as well. So, so can you talk about like that season, what it meant for you and your career? You went into Dauphin or you went into Dauphin, like the team that you played for before, maybe not as good. Then all of a sudden you're traded to a to a wagon, obviously, because you guys end up winning it. And uh, you're put in a position where clearly you're, you, you were probably on the top line or top six because you put up 27 and 24 and then playoffs and then all the way, man, winning, winning a championship. Can you just talk about that whole experience like it's only your second year junior, right? And you get to you get to see the business side of it, like getting traded. Um, but for you, it's to a better team and to get a chance to win. So, so talk about that experience.
1: Yeah, that season. Uh, that season had a lot of ups and downs. Um, so, start off, went back to Dolphin, and um, we weren't very good again. And uh, about it was a couple months in the season, and um, I didn't have an agent or anything at the time. But I'm um, just talking to my parents and whatever I. I kind of figured that I need to get out of there. So I actually talked to the coach and uh, requested a trade to a contender. Um, I just said, hey, look, like, it makes the most sense if you guys send me the de- uh, send me away at the deadline, um, just like a, as a rental, because I'm not going to be in the league next year. My plan was to go to the USHL, so may as well get some stuff back for me and, and rebuild. Um, so I actually got traded to the best place possible. Um, and yeah, they were a wagon that year. That was, that was probably the best five months of my life. Um, the group we had is extremely special, and uh, that, that place is unbelievable. So uh, I think it's definitely one of the top, um, top junior place in Western Canada in Stein back there, and um, things went really well, obviously. Um, winning the MJ Championship was, was incredible, and then we moved on to all the way to the RBC Cup, which is the National Junior League Championship. Um, we fell short there, didn't have kind of the outcome we wanted. But looking back at it, it was, it was a pretty incredible season. And then obviously getting to win a gold medal at uh, the World Junior A Challenge was was pretty special as well with, with a good group of guys there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, you, uh, you get drafted after that season to the USHL third round, 40th overall um, by Dubuque. Um, so, you, you, make the, you make the jump to go to the USHL. You talked about how, how you, were, you were looking to do that. Um, and your first year in Dubuque right away, you clearly have um, a big role. You put up 50 points, 22 goals, and 28 assists in 61 games. So, um, you know, that's bananas for, for that league alone. And for your first year in that league... Um, I also noticed that you put up the most PIMS in your career by far, um, both your years in the USHL. So would you say that that just has to do with you being a smaller guy and you wanted to come into the USHL where nobody really knew you and and just kind of, you know, show that that you're here to not only score goals and put points up, but, you know, I'll get in your face too, you know, I'm small. You know what I mean? Like, can you just talk about that whole experience? It's like going there and you kind of change your game i feel like because dude you never had pims earlier in your career right Right. and then now putting up like 50 pims um with your points so can you just talk about that whole experience
1: yeah i think uh it's kind of funny that you brought up the pims there because it's something i've never really um thought about but you're completely right on that and i think um if you go back and look um nobody really knows what the mjhl is and uh to be honest it's it's kind of a crazy league it's 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 dirty and and physical it's, it's not a skilled players game really um yeah up in near manitoba it's kind of a lot of hicks and crazy crazy guys out there so um i guess for me kind of running my mouth or anything in that league I, i'd get the shit kicked out of me um so i couldn't really do much there but i think once uh once i got to the ushl um i feel like being kind of a guy from manitoba and stuff i'd get chirped out there a lot and stuff and I don't really like to take any crap and um, obviously being a more skilled league I was a bit, probably a bit more comfortable out there with with not getting my ass kicked. So, um, yeah, I think definitely that kind of added a little bit of a kind of a fuck you to my game and, um, yeah, I think that's probably the reason for the Pims but um, obviously it it was something that I think the fans love, too, um, just seeing a smaller guy get into it and getting scrums and stuff. I think you obviously know what that is. So, uh, yeah, it's a, I think that's kind of the reason.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that, man. I've said it before many times on this pod, but my favorite thing ever is to see a guy that is a skilled guy, a guy that is, you know, counted upon to get points just like – just really in the moment, dropping his bits and fighting, or just like giving it back to a tough guy or bigger guy than him. That's like my favorite thing ever. So, so that's I love to hear that stuff. You go back the next year uh, to Dubuque, and uh, I think you started as an assistant captain and then given a C, or you might have started as a captain, but you go back, you tear it up over a point per game, 47 games, uh, 55 points this season. Um, USHL first all star team, USHL forward of the year ushl most goals of the year ushl player of the year um you finish your ushl career with 105 points in 108 games which is fucking bananas dude to be honest i played a couple games in the ushl never even came close to having a point never hit the post never passed the puck to a guy that hit the post uh it was fucking tough league man you know what i mean and uh i just want to just talk about your 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 last season um when did you commit to north dakota actually
1: um, so actually when I was, after my first year in the MJHL, I actually committed to Western Michigan. Um, so I've, I have some history with them there. The uh, Actually both coaches are from Manitoba here. Um, so the head coach are Andy Murray. I grew up going to his hockey schools. Um, he's an awesome man. Awesome man. And then uh, the assistant coach actually played junior hockey with my dad in, in Humboldt um, in the SJHL. Um, so they knew each other. So, yeah, they, they offered me when I was, I was younger there, and I, I ended up committing. And uh, I didn't think it was kind of the right fit for me. Um, I I wanted to be closer to home. That was kind of the main thing. So I, I notified them I was going to decommit, and and I ended up committing. Um, la or my first year in Dubuque in in December. That's when I committed to uh, North Dakota, and um, they were one that they were the first team to reach out to me actually. And uh, that's something I've never even really I didn't even think they'd kind of be in contention because. Um, that's kind of my dream school, a kid from Manitoba. That's, that's really the only college you, D1 college you know about. Um, that's kind of like, yeah, so it is pretty cool.
0: And North Dakota, even for a guy from Miami, Florida, I know that University of North Dakota, like that's where you want to play division one hockey. I played with a guy, uh, back in my day in Omaha that ended up going to University of North Dakota. I had him on the pod, uh, Jasper Weatherby, he'll be your teammate next year, uh, um, and um, he talked a bit about it but can you talk about your experience did you get the full experience like touring over there and uh just seeing it for the first time live because those div one facilities are, are bananas especially top schools like north dakota
1: right yeah when i was younger um just going out for we went for i don't know a little vacation in grand forks just across the Manitoba border and um obviously growing up you hear about the, the Ralph set and you know that it's amazing so um going through there we actually stopped there and I saw it when I was about 10 or 12 don't remember much um and then last year I, I came on my visit there was actually I didn't get to see a game or anything because it was uh it was on their Christmas break um but yeah I got to see the facilities for the first time and everything um the dress room and all that and um to be honest I, I wouldn't even need to have seen any of that um i just yeah they could have presented me with an offer and wouldn't even have to think twice about that so
0: oh, that's, awesome. that's awesome, man. can you talk about just like receiving all the accolades that you did this year um but not even just you um i just saw on twitter actually today this morning that Uh, You guys had the USHL coach of the year, USHL GM of the year. You got the USHL player of the year. So you guys were obviously a wagon um, going into playoffs. um, And then all of this ended. Uh, You still got a ton of accolades, a ton of awards and stuff. Um, Actually, I want to I want to know where were you when you guys found out that your season got canceled and how devastating was that?
1: Um, Well, the, we were actually in Youngstown, Ohio, when we figured the season was going to be paused. Um, so we played Waterloo on a Wednesday night. Got on the bus immediately after the game. Traveled through the night to Youngstown. Got off the bus, ate breakfast, went to the rink, practiced. Soon as the whistle blew for the end of practice, uh, our media guy notified us that the the season was suspended. So we were like, <laughs> we came all this way, like ten hour trip. We had to go straight back, um, back to Dubuque, and we waited a few weeks, and um, guys started leaving town just because I was kind of. Um, that was what was ruled by all the USHL and all the clubs, so I was actually on my way home. It's about a 16-hour drive. Um, I was on my way home, and that's when I got the text saying that uh, they've officially canceled the season. So um, by that time, it was a couple weeks later, so I kind of already knew that that was probably going to happen. So didn't hit as hard but um it was definitely to kind of get the closure that it was done was obviously pretty tough after the after the season that we had
0: yeah especially like the season that you had the season that your team had and what it what it could have been uh, you uh, can you talk about like now like you 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 have you, had goals and you've uh, I feel like you've not only reached them but surpassed them. Like you talk about your goal in the MJ, your second season was 30. You put up 61. You talk about how your goal the following year was to play in the USHL. You not only did that but you excel, you know. And then the, the next year after that, your second year in the league, you get Player of the Year, most goals of the year, um, dude. That's like m- most guys that get the, get those accolades are like NHL draft picks and and all that, but you as a smaller guy, like, how are you feeling right now about, about your career? Like, think about it, man, you were a scratch and midget. You know what I mean? Like you were a midget, that's fucking brutal. And now you got USHL player of the year. So I feel like you mapped out a plan and you really executed. Can you talk about how you're feeling now about it and now how you've added Nodak to your plan and, and, uh, and like just how your plan continues?
1: Yeah, I think um, kind of the last few years, it's been a roller coaster. Um, you kind of look back and reflect on all of it, and uh, to think of where I am right now, I something I really never would have thought of, um, especially out of the Manitoba Junior League here. Not many guys move on. Um, a lot of guys just go start school after and, and are done with hockey. Um, but kind of once I moved on to the USHL, I, I knew that – Obviously, I'd be able to get a um, play Division One and hopefully be an impact player one day. But um, I think, obviously, my standards for myself have, um, have risen dramatically. Um, obviously, I got passed over um, in, the, in the NHL draft um, both mm-hmm. years, whatever, and I never thought I would get drafted. Um, obviously, I knew there was a chance I could last year. But, um, yeah, I think overall I I'd never really – um, I don't really like to think ahead and I just kind of like to live in the moment and kind of do what I can um, do what I can control. And, and I think I've really enjoyed kind of proving myself these, these past couple of years. And um, yeah, I think hopefully one day that um, after I think I'm in the right place right now to, especially go to North Dakota, I don't think I could be in better hands to kind of get to that next level and hopefully um, be a free agent out of college. That's, that's my plan now. So um, I think as long as I keep going, I'm, I'm confident in, in my ability. So, um, yeah, I just got to keep working. Yeah. I, mean, I love to
0: hear it. I actually want to ask you, um, who's like well, a player that you looked up to, like an inspiration to you um, that played in the National Hockey League or plays in the National Hockey League? Who's someone that you look up to? Uh,
1: well, I think I've always – I'm, this isn't a player that I would compare myself to, but um, I've always looked up to Ovi, just um, growing up being a Capitals fan, and and uh, I think just his goal scoring, I, I love scoring goals, I, there's nothing I love more, um, and I think his excitement after he scores goals, the guys always bug me that I, I sell you too hard after I score, but just watching Ovi, like, yeah I love that um yeah I actually
0: (laughs) I watched some of your uh some of your highlights I actually watched all your highlights they're all up there on YouTube for anyone that wants to see them there's like uh all of your goals all of your points and stuff and I did realize that I wanted to bring that up you're a huge Sally guy I actually wanted to ask you where you got that from but you know I fucking love that shit man as a guy who myself doesn't score too often like um sometimes I don't even know what to do when I score sometimes I forget to Sally I'm just so excited I don't know um but like I feel like if you know you're if you're scoring a lot in a season and you know you know you're just going to be scoring like I didn't even start just planning my sellies, man just going nuts <laughs> with it but uh but no dude I love that I respect it Mark was actually just telling me about that Mark Chiramita your teammate he was telling me that you're legit a, a tiny ball of energy and that yeah. you just every stop. That's, that's how he described you, and um, I think you're gonna find a lot of success in hockey um, being that way because that's what you need to play at the highest level is a shit ton of energy and be able to maintain that throughout the game. Um, you talked about uh, growing up in Western Canada, being a Western farm boy. Can you talk a bit about what your summers are like? What your summer training is like?
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, not not ideal. Um, it's very unique, I guess. Um, so in the summers, all the, all the ice out of all the rinks get, they, they get taken out here. Um, so the closest ice that I have in the summer is two hours away. Um, I'm actually in Brandon, Manitoba where the, where the weekings play in the Western league. And, um, so a couple of summers I've, I've moved to Brandon for the summer to, to work out and, and, um, skate there. Uh, but other years I've basically, now I'm supposed to be going to North Dakota in the summers, um, for July and August. So, um i also work full-time in the summers at the golf course um here we have a really nice golf course so um basically it's usually before last year i didn't really skate in the summers so i never have um so that's kind of something that the guys are always chirping me and give me a hard time about they're like like how the fuck do you not skate in the summer and you can just buzz around like that and um i don't know it's just something i've, I've always done and um i don't really have access to that and uh, it's tough because if I'm, if I'm somewhere else skating where there's ice, I can't work. So uh, it makes it difficult, but, um, but yeah, I kind of got to just work with what I have and, and make the most of it.
0: Yeah, man. That yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like that could be a giant reason to why you are having the success that you have. Like not only do you take a break from hockey every every summer but you humble yourself man you're working like i remember work i remember my first summer that i worked i was working as a waiter and um i went back to the season and i was like holy fuck like i would do anything to make this my job instead of being a fucking waiter right uh, i feel like that just humbles you a lot man even if uh no matter what it is no matter what your job is just working a job and thinking like there's people that are making money off hockey like can't wait to go back to that type of thing do you think that had a bit of an effect on you
1: yeah I think for sure um growing up I've I've always been told like my parents have been big believers in um not playing hockey all year round just because you you get burnt out and it does happen to a lot of kids they lose interest right and um they kind of they pack it in and um, they should lose the desire for the game, and I think that's super important, even for younger kids now. Like you see, guys, they're on the ice like more than five times a week in the summers, every day with private skill coaches and all this. And um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think in my personal preference, I think it's important to not get burnt out and and kind of take a break and and just refresh and. Um, that's what I've always done, and it's, it's worked for me. And obviously, it's different for different guys. But um, yeah, I think in the end, it's it's kind of just your preference. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think everyone's got their own way. Whatever works for you, I mean, that's who you should go with. Um, can you run us through real quick um, a USHL game day for you? What was it like, like a home game in Dubuque? Um, maybe from like wake up to to finish, just to give kids kids or people that haven't played in the league a perspective
1: yeah it's definitely um every day is a grind in that league and um I think game days I've always been excited for so I've always I guess all um I'd always just wake up and shower get some tea and and head to the rink for for a morning skate um didn't really have any superstitions or anything um especially this year I'd, I'd always be one of the last guys off the ice if not the last guy Um, so I'd always shoot and work on my shot this year after morning seats, then I'd go home and eat. I'd make eggs for myself and then, uh, I'd try and nap as long as I can. I'd probably nap three hours if I could, three and a half hours. And, um, I kinda, I'm a guy that likes to be early, so, um, I always give myself lots of time to get to the rink. And as soon as I get to the rink, I kind of get dressed, tape my stick, and then I just kind of piss around with the guys and, and buzz around. So, um, yeah, I just... I'll leave myself. I kind of like to stay loose, so um, that's
0: yeah, gonna... That's what I figured about. You, Mark was kind of giving me that vibe a bit, like when you talked about how you're a little ball of energy. Um, I wanted to ask that if you like to stay loose before the game or stay serious. I know a bunch of guys are different. I feel like having a loose guy in the room is very important, especially if he's your top goal scorer. So can you talk about, like, your role in that room? And now um, you've played junior for, like, this is, like, your fourth season of junior your second year in the league. Can you talk about how now you've realized that, like, what your impact is off the ice? Clearly, guys knew you had a ton of energy, and uh, that's something that that's something that's unique from a player like you because I find on most teams, like, um, guys like me are the energy guys, guys that, like, you know, I don't know, um, are willing to, to, to fight, to, to hit, like, the fourth-line, third-line guys. You know what I mean? And, like right. – you, you you brought a lot of energy as a veteran guy to, to the room and to the team. Can you talk about your role? Did you do that purposely, obviously, or, or is that something that you just got yourself fired up for?
1: Yeah, I think it's just kind of my personality. Um, especially before games, playing sewer and everything, I'm always um, kind of always around the rank. I'm always loud and yelling and just kind of bugging guys and whatever, jumping off walls and <laughs> – yeah, it's just kind of in my nature. I don't know. I, I just like to stay loose, and um, yeah, I think right before the game, obviously, kind of like to dial in a bit. But um, yeah, I think kind of just staying loose, and, and it's kind of always what I've done. So
0: and it works, it works baby. I love that. Um, my favorite question of pod. Um, this is the last question. This is how we finish it off. Can you give me out of your four years your best PG thirteen? Junior hockey story.
1: uh Yeah, I've had uh, been asked this question a lot. I think um, obviously there, there's a lot to pinpoint, especially in the MJHL. Things you can imagine, things get pretty wild. And
0: I, yeah, I played junior, and not only that, I played junior in one of those leagues that gets fed the Q guys. You know, right. so know how that is where you guys are getting fed the dub guys all the time. I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's some wild stories, um, but. I think probably my favorite story is probably after um, after our Anavet Anavet Cup. It's after we win the MJHL Championship with Steinbach. Then we had the Anavet Cup, which is a series between the champions of Saskatchewan to get to the uh, the RBC Cup, which is a national championship. And um, I think after we won the Anavet there in Steinbach, we had a pretty good rager that day. Um, We had a big uh, we had a big team kind of a, uh i don't know what you call it, just a, a little banquet for everyone a celebration that night um the tab was on our owner um so uh, i think we were told to come to the bank banquet pretty sober and whatnot and we ended up playing beer darts all afternoon and uh <laughs> that kind of got out of hand so uh, i think kind of i won't get into too much detail but i think yeah that that day was probably one of my better memories of of uh of yeah, my Junior Days, so
0: Thank Thank showing up to the banquet. Oh, boy showing up to the banquet. That must have been a fucking great look over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good time. But I think, especially after a time like that, I think you gotta go harder or go home. So
0: <laughs> absolutely, I agree with you, man. Well, uh, dude, honestly, what a pod, man. USHL forward of the year comes on the buzz pod for the YouTube series. Uh Reese Gaber, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Seriously, that was unreal.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate you having me, and uh, I've heard a lot from from Mark and on, on the buzz. So I'm glad to be a part of it now.
0: Fucking right. Dude.